This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets reacted sharply higher as the USDA lowered corn yields more than expected in the August supply-demand report. Total Farm Marketing Senior Market Advisor Naomi Bloom said the reaction was a huge bullish response. The corn yield coming in at 174.6. That was well below the average estimate of 177.6 and below the lowest guess. Uh, usually the USDA actually increases yield on this August report, so we weren't expecting much out of them. So this is a very, very, very bullish number. We had said that the line in the sand for corn yield was 175, so the fact that we're below that is significant. Soybean yield coming in at 50 bushels per acre, below the average estimate of 50.4, and then, of course, below the July number of 50.8. In the August supply-demand report, USDA forecast corn production in the U.S. at 14.8 million bushels, down 415 million from July. Corn yield is forecast at 174.6 bushels per acre, down 4.9 bushels from last month. U.S. soybean production is forecast at 4.34 billion bushels, down 66 million. Average yield is forecast at 50 bushels per acre, down from 50.8 last month. And the outlook for wheat is for all wheat production to be down 49 million bushels from July at 1.69 million bushels. The wheat yield is pegged at 44.5 bushels per acre, down 1.3 bushels from the July forecast. New crop corn ending stocks are expected to come in at 1.24 million bushels, down from 1.43 million bushels in the July estimate. USDA raised old crop soybean ending stocks by 25 million bushels, resulting in new crop soybean ending stocks being unchanged from July at 155 million bushels. USDA lowered wheat ending stocks 38 million bushels to 625 million bushels. USDA forecasting North Dakota's corn crop to average 106 bushels per acre, down from 139 bushels per acre last year. Yields are down in Minnesota and South Dakota. Minnesota's average corn yield is projected at 166 bushels per acre, down from 192 bushels last year. So uh, South Dakota is looking at a 133 bushel per acre crop, dropping from 162 bushels per acre. For soybeans, a 24 bushel per acre average yield is forecast for North Dakota. That's down from 33.5 bushels per acre last year. Minnesota's average yield is projected at 43 bushels per acre, down 6 bushels per acre from a year ago. USDA is forecasting South Dakota soybean yield at 39 bushels per acre, down from 45.5 bushels per acre last year. Money Farm market analyst Luke Swenson thinks the one crop to be concerned about is spring wheat in North Dakota. We're hearing pretty much everyone the word surprised. You know, hey, somebody's told me today, you know, and just outside of Cass County to the Northwest, you know, hey, I'm surprised I got 30 bushel wheat. I was expecting 15. You know, we had guys that were expecting to have basically nothing. All of a sudden, they're knocking out 80 bushel barley and, you know, 30 bushel wheat. You know, the abandonment number is going to be hard to figure out, but yields overall are surprising to the high side, all the way from Minnesota, all the way across North Dakota. So I think we need to pay attention close to that. Don't be afraid to get some sales on there and take some of these really good numbers. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says this market is really trying to sort out its supply and its demand. Not confident we can push up, and I think a little bit afraid at the end of the week that we're going to get some real people going through fields pro-farmer and afraid that that could, starting Monday, come up with some uh, bigger yields. We'll see. 
And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Research shows only a third of Minnesotans know a farmer. With that number declining each year, the work of the Minnesota Corn Growers Association to build connections with a non-farming public is as important as ever. Outreach in the Twin Cities puts corn farmers and their commitment to conservation center stage at major sporting events, fills the airwaves on the radio during commutes, and is the focus of advertising online. Sharing corn farmers' dedication to stewardship while providing food to the world is one of many ways Minnesota Corn grows Minnesota. Learn more at mncorn.org. Keep up to date on this year's harvest here on the Red River Farm Network. Listen to Harvest Hotline Monday through Friday at 1237. Sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Beta Seed, and the North Dakota Mill. We'll talk with custom combiners, elevator managers, agronomists, and farmers about harvest progress, yields, and quality. Harvest Hotline, a daily feature on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at this weekend news, I'm Kara Hart for the Red River Farm Network. The U.S. beef industry is bouncing back from a flock of black swan events, including the coronavirus pandemic. Continued progress is expected in 2022, according to the latest industry outlook from CattleFax. CattleFax Vice President of Industry Affairs Kevin Good explains why. You know, we've had a rough go from a cow-calf standpoint in particular, the last couple of years we've gone through, this will be the third year of liquidation. That said, we can start seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, supplies will get tighter because of the liquidation as we go over the next two or three years. At the same time, you layer on what is the best beef demand we've had in 30 plus years. Exports continue to be very stout as well. So over time, tighter supplies, strong demand, we should see the markets move in the right direction. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack was in Minnesota this week. A couple of opportunities in in, uh, in Minnesota. One, obviously, is to continue to focus on uh, uh, the drought uh, that is being experienced in, in Minnesota, which is quite severe, uh, and making sure folks understand and appreciate the, uh, the resources that are available now and the resources that could potentially become available with the passage of the bipartisan infrastructure bill and uh, the work that is being done as well uh, with the reconciliation bill uh, that basically provides additional resources for climate smart agriculture and conservation. The Senate passed a $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill earlier in the week. The first phase of infrastructure allocates $110 billion for roads and bridges, $65 billion for rural broadband and more. Agriculture groups have a mostly positive response, calling it a step in the right direction. Ag Retailers Association Senior Vice President of Public Policy Richard Gupton says it's not perfect, but there are important provisions in the bill. Addresses uh, growing needs for the industry, such as the driver shortage issues, um, broadband uh, as well in rural America. So overall, you know, we're pleased with the bill moving forward. Uh, again, obviously, there's some things in there that we are not necessarily supportive of. But the overall package, we believe, will be good for rural America and good for agriculture. There is some disappointment in the lack of investment in low-carbon biofuels included in the package. The following day, the Senate approved a 10-year budget resolution. This was the first step in the reconciliation process, allowing the legislation to pass with a party-line Democratic vote. This bill is expected to include everything from green energy provisions to immigration reform to free community college. Now House leadership is planning to cut their August recess short and bring lawmakers back on August 
August 23rd to consider the budget resolution. North Dakota Senator John Hoven met with farmers and ranchers in Rugby, North Dakota this week to discuss the drought. He got feedback on drought assistance already in place. We'd gotten flexibility from Richard Flournoy at RMA uh, as far as adjusting out crops for, you know, crops that aren't going to make it, leave a strip, and then uh, that you can either graze them or, or bale them up, you know, depending on your own animals or, or if you got neighbor uh, has livestock. Uh, and one of the things that came up in our discussion is that, that uh, the companies have not put, uh, crop insurance companies have not been doing that on the uh, on the row crops, and that uh, supposedly they're waiting until after September 1. And so we're going to go back to uh, uh, RMA and, and Flournoy and see if we can get that going now on the row crops as well. Hoven plans to talk with Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack on Sunday. According to DTN's weekly survey of ag retailers, the average retail fertilizer prices were mostly higher the first week of August. Potash led the way, up 13% from one month ago. Potash is now averaging $557 per ton. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz will lead a trade mission to the United Kingdom and Finland in mid-November. Ag Commissioner Tom Peterson will join Walls on the trip. The trade mission comes at a time when the UK is moving into its post-Brexit economy and considering a trade agreement with the United States. That's a look at this week in news. I'm Kara Hart for the Red River Farm Network. The North Dakota Mill has been producing northern-grown spring wheat and durum flour since 1922. The mill now adds value to more than 30 million bushels per year. North Dakota mill employees take pride in the highest quality spring wheat and durum wheat products for the baking and pasta industries. Look for Dakota-made flour in 5, 10, and 25-pound packages, as well as pancake and bread machine mixes. Spring wheat and durum flour, superior quality, is what separates the North Dakota mill from the competition. Tune in to the driving scene on the Red River Farm Network every Friday at 12.35 on this radio station. Each week we'll get an update on the driving crop from agronomists, farmers, and processors in the region. That's the latest news in the industry coming right to your radio dial. These updates are made possible by Johnstown Bean Company, SRS Commodities, Sharpen Herbicide from BASF, and the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. This Week in Weather, a production of the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. Northern Plains has a greater chance for rain across the next week to 10 days. Here's World Weather Incorporated Senior Agricultural Meteorologist Drew Lerner. We may see this beginning to evolve around the middle part of next week, and then we'll see a follow-up system maybe occurring in the second weekend of the two-week outlook. Right now, it looks like we have an opportunity, at least, to see some better rain. Total moisture through next Wednesday will vary up to three-quarters of an inch across much of the north, with some areas getting more than an inch and three-tenths. While rains uh, uh, bring relief, Lerner says this isn't the beginning of the end of the drought. By Sunday, temperatures are going to be warming back up into the 90s and lower 100s. Warmer temperatures expected to stick around through much of next week. According to the latest U.S. drought monitor, drought conditions in the Dakotas, Minnesota worsened. In the latest report from the U.S. Uh, drought Mitigation Center, Northwest Minnesota went from extreme to exceptional drought stretching across nine counties. That exceptional drought stretches from Polk and Norman counties through Lake of the Woods County. Extreme drought covers much of the Northwest, with much of Minnesota in abnormally dry to extreme drought. 
In North Dakota, there's now exceptional drought in Trail and Grand Forks counties. That portion of exceptional drought remains in central North Dakota. The eastern part of North Dakota went from mostly severe to extreme drought. South Dakota is the only state in our tri-state region not showing exceptional drought. But extreme conditions are worsening in the central part of the state. This has been the driest northwest Minnesota has been since the 1980s. Minnesota Department of Natural Resources Assistant State Climatologist Pete Belay says 1988 was dry, but 1980 was worse. The reason why 2020 wasn't so bad is we still had lots of moisture in deeper soils in the state. We really had a wet 2010s in general, um, so we had a lot of water in the ground. And so what happened last year is the plants are tapping that water. We continued to dry out the, the soils this year. And the recharge season coming up here in September into October would be really critical for what's going to happen next year. If we have no moisture in the ground when the soils freeze, we're really going to start off in the hole next year. And because of the varying drought conditions, NDSU Extension Crops marketing economist Frayne Olson said there is a tale of two crops growing right now. There's a lot of corn acres in the western corn belt. Iowa, southern Minnesota, South Dakota, even into Nebraska. Talked about this before. Those are some really key corn growing regions as well as soybean growing regions. And the market's watching that very, very closely. Now, this is the drought monitor map. Let's compare that to the eastern corn belt. The eastern corn belt, I've talked to some farmers in Illinois. Next week, we're going to have an extension conference where we bring in some of the uh, state specialists, people that have positions like myself. And Tim to talk about what's going on nationally. I expect to hear some very, very big yield reports, at least expected yield reports for corn and beans coming out of the eastern Corn Belt. And ranchers in the Watford City, North Dakota area have been making cow herd adjustments since early spring because of the drought. Jason Lyseth says the area picked up a little bit of rain in May and June, which was helpful. And we grew some grass and the crops kind of started looking like they were going to gonna be a something to harvest anyways but uh, lately it's kind of dried up and harvest has gotten started and uh, I guess disappointing would be the the term to use for the crop yields and stuff the hay crops were very disappointing and now uh, probably some of the lowest we've seen in a, a long long time and that's a look at weather this week in agriculture I'm Randy Conan the past comes alive with the Western Minnesota Steam Threshers reunion September 3rd through the 6th, Labor Day weekend at Rolog, Minnesota. Featuring Oliver and Hart Par engines along with auto gas engines. They'll be threshing, two parades daily, tractor pulls, kids activities, hundreds of demonstrations and exhibits on over 200 acres. Where your past is our present, the Western Minnesota Steam Threshers reunion. For complete details, go to Rolog.com. That's Rolog.com. The Red River Farm Network is celebrating 25 years of reporting agriculture's business. Reporting from Long Beach, California for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Randy Conan. Reporting agriculture's business from Washington, D.C., I'm Kara Hart for the Red River Farm Network. Reporting from Cobble, Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. From the Cattle Industry Convention in San Antonio, Texas, I'm Megan Overby on the Red River Farm Network. When news happens that's important to your farm and your bottom line, the first choice is the Red River Farm Network.